You know, every year we have a Global Missions Emphasis Week, and uh, every year we have a special speaker that we bring in, and it's always wonderful. But it is particularly uh, fun and an extra blessing when the person who comes in to speak is a friend. Uh, I can remember Tom uh, and myself and the missions team thinking through, it must have been what, eight years ago? Uh, we had an opportunity to get involved in one of the city-to-city uh, church plants that was out of Redeemer going worldwide, and uh, one of those opportunities was in London, England, and there were two uh, best mates, Mark Jackson and Pete Nicholas. Pete has been here as well. They both were, they were best mates, and then they married sisters, which is uh, just amazing, And so Mark is married to Joe. He's been married to Joe for 18 years. They have five children, uh, so they are now the Jackson Five. And uh, it's just been so great to be around Mark. We've we've already been able to share a meal together. Um, I'm heading over there to speak for them in May. Uh, and, and just the kinship that Mark and I have, but, but also just the way we, we resonate with each other, even down to a temperament level and a, and a gift level. And it's just so fun to have ministry partners where we're doing life together, even on different continents. And uh, I feel very confident that God is going to use Mark in a great way among us this morning. So let's welcome Mark Jackson. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Good to see you, everyone. This morning, when uh, Bob introduced me and he talked about our sort of shared temperament and shared gifting and how we're so alike, Tom just turned to me and said, Poor you. <laughs> but it's, it's not true. It is, uh, it, it is great. I am, I'm so thrilled to be here with you today. I, I can't tell you. It's, it's so good to worship with you. I love preaching uh, this morning. You know, since the moment I've arrived, Tom was picking me up from the airport. Such a warm welcome. Uh, the bakers, Scott and Alicia, I'm staying with theirs. Just the southern hospitality, I've been fed so much already. I feel I'm going to have to fast for a week uh, when I get home. But yeah, it, it's just, it's, I just want you to know how much we, we love you guys. Um, we love our gospel partnership with you. I've not been taken to a Chick-fil-A yet. Um, la- last time that I was here, back in uh, 2019, uh, Tom did take me to a Chick-fil-A. We don't have them in, in London, so I thought, you know, try it out. And as we went, walked into this uh, restaurant, um, someone came up to me and said, oh, you're Mark Jackson. Uh, you're from Inspire London. We've been praying for you. Now, look, I'm not sure if this happens all the time here in Birmingham, Alabama. I don't know, like, this just, like, knocked me off my feet. I mean, no one recognizes me in London. If I went to a McDonald's, that would never happen to me. People would not be praying for me. Anyway, this lady, I won't tell, it, tell you who she was, because she's from this church. And it was, I just thought, it was so heartwarming. It was such an encouragement. I come across the glo- this gospel partnership that we have. So actually, you're praying for us, praying for me, praying for the church. We pray for you regularly uh, as a church in our monthly prayer gatherings and your financial support of us, particularly for the youth and children's ministry, which is now thriving. Bob mentioned he's coming over in May to speak at our weekend estate. There's a short-term missions trip coming to London, the holiday clubs. If you're interested in coming, speak to Tom or Mark Long afterwards. But I just want to say thank you so much. It is the joy of gospel partnership. I send all my love and greetings from London, and it's a privilege to be here, a privilege to open up God's word with you this morning. 
Now, the Bible passage I've been given um, is Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. It's the great theme verse of um, the missions conference this year. And it's got this title, On Your Mark, Get Set, Let's Go. I should say that in the UK, we say it slightly differently when someone's about to start a race. We say, on your marks, plural, get set, go. Like that. We don't do the let's go. So if I slip into that accidentally when I'm preaching to you, you know what's going on. I'm sorry. I'll try and keep it in the sort of U.S. context and the U.S. way. But I do want to run with this phrase today. Okay. So several times in the sermon, I'm going to say, Oak Mountain, on your mark, get set. And I want all of you to say nice and loudly, let's go. Okay. I'm not sure how you're feeling about that. I said this morning you know, in the first service, I'm taking a bit of a risk here. I would never do anything like this in a U.K. context, right? I, uh, Brits, stiff upper lip, you know, emotionally repressed. We've got, um, we've, we've got quite a few campus outreach staff with us at the moment, all Americans. Some of them actually are from here. They bring a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. They would do something like this. So, that, you know, I thought I'd give it a go. And there's so many of you, I can't wait to sort of hear, hear the volume. And by the way, this, the earlier comment, they did a good job earlier, okay? So I, I want to see how you get on. We're going to try it out now. Oak Mountain, on your mark, get set. <laughs> That's not at all. Okay, the letter to the Hebrews, from which our theme verse is taken, is the writer, he's writing to a suffering Christian community. They're feeling weak, they're feeling deflated. They are tempted to give up on the Christian race. And I, I don't know how you're feeling. If you feel similar like that at all, particularly when it comes to running the missional race. Sometimes we can feel very weak, very deflated. We can be tempted to give up. And I know we've got different contexts, right? Me in London, you here in Bible Belt, America. But back in London, there is an increasing apathy, there's an increasing hostility towards Christianity as a whole. How dare you suggest that there's only one truth, that Jesus Christ is that truth, that you presume to, to speak to me about that and try and persuade me into that. You've got your truth, I've got my truth, now leave me alone. That would be a very typical conversation nowadays in London. Um, only a generation or so ago, um, a Church of England ordained minister, that's why I'm, an, I'm like Reverend Mark Jackson, you just call me Mark, but like a generation ago, a Church of England minister would be rather respected, an upstanding member of the community, people would listen to me, people would respect me. Nowadays, people just think I'm a bit of an oddity. Oh, you, you know, you still believe this stuff in the Bible you know, about Jesus and the physical resurrection. <laughs> how, how quaint. How ridiculous. Some parts of the media in the UK now, and you may have read some new atheists on this, they would go as far as to say that Christianity is anti-women, anti-gay, and a danger to society. There's been a recent legal ruling by the Employment Tribunal in the UK, ruling in one particular case that the belief in Genesis 1, verse 27, that God's made us male and female, two genders, but that is mere opinion and incompatible with human dignity. That is just, that's happened in the UK from a judge in a nation where actually human dignity, where did it come from? It came from that very verse that God made us in his image. And now they're saying that that's mere opinion, incompatible with human dignity. Now that's where it is in the UK at the moment. And I don't know if you are feeling similar pressures here, or perhaps you see some of those pressures on the horizon coming towards you. It's the one thing we're probably ahead of you in the UK but hey, maybe some of that pressure, that hostility is coming your way as well. And the question is, like, how do we keep going? How do we keep running the missional race? 
How do we keep living for Jesus Christ? How do we keep going over the fence, over the mountain, overseas, as I understand is your big mission or drive here, with this increasing hostility, this increasing pressure to keep quiet? If your job's under threat, how do we do it? That's what we're looking at this morning. And Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, gives us two huge inspirations, two huge encouragements. A great cloud of witnesses and Jesus being the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So that's where we're going to go first. Take inspiration from a great cloud of witnesses. Let me read from our theme verse. This is verse 1, if you've got your Bibles with you, of Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Bob and I share a love of basketball for the NBA, and in particular for Golden State Warriors. Ah, here we go. Didn't get that in the earlier one. Um, You know, so Bob and I, we're feeling pretty buoyant this year um, because Clay Thompson is back and Draymond Green is defending better than ever and Steph's being Steph and we're second in the Western Conference and we're looking forward to the playoffs. If that means nothing to you because you're not really into sports, my reason for raising it is to make the point that sports teams tend to play much better and get much better results when they're playing at home rather than away. Golden State have won twice as many matches at home than away. Why? Because of all their home fans. They are surrounded by all this support and energy and enthusiasm. And they take all this inspiration from them. And I want you to know that it is very similar in the Christian life. You might not think that. But did you just hear that verse? That we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on the equivalent of roll tide, war eagle. Now, it might be you can't hear those chants, right? Literally, as a Christian believer, you can't see those spiritual stands. I mean, but look at these two wonderful pictures we've got either side of me to sort of land this home for you. But we can see them in Scripture by faith and in history, all those who have gone before us run the race and are now cheering us on to keep going by faith. Run that missional race. In Scripture, take Abraham, for example. He is one of these uh, witnesses that is listed for us in the previous chapter, in chapter 11. And in verse 8, we read this. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Here is Abraham, the great father of the faith, the one through whom God would bring blessing to the whole nations through his seed, which is Jesus Christ. And how did it all begin, this this first great missionary statement in the Bible? It came from Abraham hearing the call of God, go, go to the land that I will show you. And Abraham went by faith. He obeyed God, even though he did not know where he was going. And he ran the race. And he finished that race. And now he is part of this great cloud of witnesses saying to you today, the church today, keep going. Heed God's call. Go out wherever he is sending you by faith to bring blessing to the nations. I did it by faith and you can do it too. But it's not just in Scripture that we see this great cloud of witnesses, but in all those who have gone before us in history. I can't name them all. Let me just share a few that have been an inspiration for me. 
John Wesley, who was converted just round the corner from where I minister in London. You have one business on earth to save souls. William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army in Britain, not called, you think you're not called, put your ear down to the Bible and hear him bid you go. William Carey, the English Baptist minister, known as the father of modern missions, don't speak of me. Speak only of my saviour. And Charles Spurgeon, the famous Baptist minister in London, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. So do you begin to see, do you begin to hear this great cloud of witnesses spurring us on from Abraham to Charles Spurgeon, to us, today, keep going, keep running the race, don't give up. Um, the, the church we planted um, eight years ago, when we first planted, we were meeting in a YMCA building, we moved to Thistle Hotel, as the Lord was pleased to, to grow us, Museum of London, which is where we were when Bob and Tom visited, and now we have taken on a traditional parish church in the Church of England. And this building was built in 1792, but there has been um, a Christian presence on the site going all the way back to an Augustine nunnery in 1100 AD. Yeah, right? 1,000 years of, of Christian men and women living for Jesus and sharing the message of Jesus, and passing on the gospel baton from one generation to the next generation to the next generation, down to we are today. And it is such an inspiration to me. You know, at times when I look at the church in the UK, and it's witness, and, and the pressure it's under, or I see our church, you know, if we're losing our missional focus, all right, I'm feeling in my own heart, losing, to think, well, hang on a sec, we are, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, spurring us on cheering us on. Keep going. We've gone by faith. You can too. Now look, that's just my context, right? That's the British context. What about you here? The Pilgrim Fathers, who first brought the gospel to this country from England on the Mayflower, David Brennard, Lottie Moon, Jim Elliott, who took the gospel to the Native Americans, to China, to Ecuador, perhaps a parent or friend who's now gone to be with the Lord, who was the first person to speak to you of Jesus and has now finished the race and is part of this cl great cloud of witnesses and is spurring you on to keep going, to heed God's call. Do you hear it? Go. Go over the fence. Go over the mountain. Go overseas. We did it by faith. You can too. So here we go, Alk Mountain. On your mark, get set. Let's go. Let's go. Now, at this point, I want to make an important qualification because this great cloud of witnesses did not have it all easy. Okay, They had to run this race with endurance, with perseverance. If you flick back to chapter 11, verses 32 to 30, um, well, 33 to 35, we'll pick it up from. You might think that running this race, this missional race, it's really easy, it's just fantastic, everything goes your way. Verses 33 to 35 of chapter 11 speak of this great cloud of witnesses conquering kingdoms, shutting the mouths of lions, quenching flames, escaping the sword, and women receiving back their dead. Doesn't that sound great? Who wants to go on mission? Yes, please. But then, let's not, in the middle, you know, look at the end of verse 35 and what continues from there. 
It just goes straight on. Women received back their dead. Oh, by the way, others were tortured, refusing to be released so they may gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers, flogging, chains, imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatstings, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. Who wants to go on mission now? Who wants to be a follower of Jesus Christ now? Now look, I, I don't know if this is miles away from the heart of Bible Belt America. But for 340 million Christians across the world today, this is the norm. Did you know that on average, every day, 13 Christians are killed for their faith? 12 churches are attacked. 12 Christians are arrested or imprisoned unjustly. And five Christians are abducted for their faith in Jesus Christ. That is, on average, every single day. So do not be surprised if the pressure and hostility against the church in America does heat up. I mean, you've had some 200 years of peace and prosperity. Praise the Lord for it. But that doesn't mean it will always stay the same. Could you be moving from verses 33 to 35 to the second half? Verses 35 to 38. You've seen what's happened during COVID and how suddenly you're not able to attend church. Don't be surprised if you need to suffer more for your Christian faith going forward. You've seen what's happened in Ukraine this week with Russia invading. I hear Putin's now talked about putting the nuclear warheads on alert. Imagine what it's like for the church there right now. Imagine what it's like for people across Europe. And so when the suffering comes, if it does indeed come for you this week, this year, maybe it's going to be a few years before it really hits down here in Birmingham, Alabama. But when it does and you're tempted to think, what did I do? What has gone wrong? Is it something I said? Perhaps I'm not all cut out for this missional stuff or living for Jesus anymore. Remember this great cloud of witnesses and their suffering and yet they run the race with endurance. They persevered. They did not give up. And they're saying to you right now, whatever comes your way, OMPC, you can keep going. We kept going by faith. You can keep going too. Verse 38, the world was not worthy of them. And perhaps the world's not going to be worthy of you. Verse 39, they were all commended for their faith. And you will be commended to by God, the one person who matters. The world might not think you're worthy. He always thinks you're worthy. He will commend you if you keep going by faith. Don't give up. Run this race with perseverance, endurance, no matter the pressure, the hostility to keep quiet about Jesus. Don't do it. Keep running. So, for example, perhaps after much prayer and with much trepidation, you go to your elementary school and share with the school board your concerns about them encouraging your kids to choose their gender at age five. That it does not align with your faith position and as their parent you'd like them to stop. But instead of inspect, uh, respecting your Christian faith and your parental rights, they ignore you and carry on. Or perhaps you take the bold step to speak up for Jesus in a, in a work context. And the conversation's turned around to a religious conversation and uh, you're a Christian say hey what do you think you're invited to share your views you think oh what a great opportunity thanks for that Lord and you sense the spirit's leading so you step out in faith and you say something but then the next day your boss takes you to one side says you speak like that again 
I'll report you to HR. Now, again, I don't know if that's what's going on here. Certainly examples from England. I actually had a guy come up to me after the, the previous service and said, actually, that's happened to him. So maybe it's happening to you. What are you going to do when that happens? You're going to throw your hands up in the air? Despair? Give up? Keep your faith private? Or will you take inspiration from the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before you, that have kept running this missional race, that the gospel could get passed down to you so that you could even be a Christian? You're going to keep going yourself so that others can hear and others come to know Jesus Christ for themselves. Keep running. Don't give up. We run with endurance. You can run with endurance too. Follow up with the school board. Take your kids out of the school. Explain to your boss why he's being unreasonable or carry on whatever the consequences. Don't give up. The American Christian missionary, Jim Elliott, who I mentioned before, he died age 29 trying to evangelize the Irani people of Ecuador. He famously said he or she is no fool who gives what they cannot keep to gain that which they cannot lose. He or she is no fool who gives up what they cannot keep to gain what they cannot lose. This great cloud of witnesses. Do you hear them by faith cheering you on, spurring you on? Some received back their dead. Yes, some were sawn in two. They said, we kept running. By faith, you can keep running too. So, Oak Mountain, on your mark, get set. You are better than the earlier singers. <laughs> but there seem there are a lot more of you at this one, so there we are. That's the first inspiration, huge inspiration from Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, this great cloud of witnesses. There's another, even better one, given to us in these verses, Jesus himself, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Let me read again from our theme verse. Let us run with perseverance, with endurance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The pioneer of faith or founder of faith, the author of faith, as different translations put it. Why is it that any of us sit here today, if you do sit here today, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a believer in him? Why is it that we can even have a missions conference, that we have this good news to share? The only reason we do is because Jesus Christ has already gone on the greatest missionary expedition of all time, as he is born on earth and ultimately dies on a cross for you and for me, enduring the cross, verse 2, scorning its shame, verse 2, and then sitting down at the right hand of the throne of God. Sin paid for, once and for all, death defeated, and reconciliation with God now possible. A relationship with God, the one relationship that matters, that transforms everything now and into eternity, that is now possible for anyone who puts their trust in him. Jesus is the pioneer of faith. Do you know, is that who Jesus is? Do you know what he, all of your sin has been paid for by him. If you are trusting, you are completely forgiven. You have nothing to hide as you run this missional race. All of Christ's perfect righteousness being given to you by faith. You have nothing to prove now to God, to anyone else. Keep running that missional race. Greater love has no one than this. They lay down their life for their friends. And Jesus Christ has done that for you and me. When we were lost in our sin, when we weren't his friends, we were his enemies. We didn't care about God or mission. And he did it all for us. So we could be known by him. 
so we could fix our eyes on him and now run this race so that others can hear about him as well. Do you know just how loved you are by Jesus Christ? Do you appreciate just what a precious gift he is? The good news that he himself is. Because what do you do with good news? Don't, don't you share it? Don't you tell others about it? I don't need to tell you to go share good news. If you get engaged, you announce it. You get a promotion, you tell people. You get given some good advice, you pass it on. Jesus is the greatest news of all. He transforms your destiny for eternity. And the more we appreciate that, the more we see that, the more we fix our eyes on him, you just, you're just, I won't need to tell you, no one else will. You just, you just share Jesus. Do you know how wonderful he is? Can I share with you what he's done in my life? He's helped me, my marriage, my parenting, my work. I know where I come from, I know where I'm going to. Deals with my guilt, my sin, breaks me free from idolatry. He's the author of history, he's the friend of sinners, he's the judge of the whole world, he's the, he's the very meaning of every single person's life. Do you know Jesus? Can I share him with you? Do you see? Fix your eyes on him. Jesus is the heart of mission, he's the motivation for mission. We sit here only because of him. If William Carey is known as the father of modern missions, then perhaps Lucy Peabody could be considered the mother of modern missions. She was an American lady. She was born in Kansas. She was a pioneer missionary to India. And the first presidents are president of ABWE. That's the Association of Baptists of World Evangelism. She once said, a great deal of our Christianity, much of our churchianity, is not worth exporting. But the grace of Christ is the precious gift we can send. So can I ask, is Jesus this morning precious to you? Is he the one who takes your breath away more than anything or anyone else in life? Are you excited by him? Is grace still amazing to you? Or have you got a little bit bogged down in churchianity? Such that your heart feels a little cold towards missions right now. You know, you come to church this morning, missions conference, yeah, not that fuss, not really for me. You hear the church calling out on your mark, get set, let's go, and you're thinking the only place I want to go is back home right now. If that is you, can I encourage you, as I need to encourage myself every day, to fix our eyes on Jesus. His love, his life given for us, his spirit at work in us, his call to me, to you, to every Christian believer to go and make disciples of all nations. Let us fix our eyes on him, the pioneer of faith. And not just that, he's the perfecter of faith too. You might still feel nervous, you might still feel scared, fearful of standing up for Jesus in the week ahead. You've just heard about the increasing pressure, hostility. Oh man, am I up for that? I'm not sure. Wonderfully, we are never left alone in this race. Jesus walks with us, runs with us every step of the way. One of the great themes of Hebrews is Jesus's ongoing priestly ministry from heaven towards us today, now, such that he is interceding for us. Jesus is praying for you as we run this race together.
is the perfecter of faith. Not just the, he doesn't just save us and say, right, over to you. He's the perfecter of faith. He is interceding for us. And that means we really can throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. The idol of comfort, that means we stay inside our comfort zones. We don't take risks for Jesus. We keep our heads down. We keep our faith. Jesus can set us free from that. The idol of security, which means we don't give financially to missions, but keep all of our money to ourselves, you know, for a rainy day. Maybe a bit like today. I'm sorry I brought the bad weather with me from the UK. Jesus can set us free from that. The idol of approval, which means you only go on a short-term mission trip because you want to impress Tom Patton or because Bob Flayhart told you, you just want to sort of feel good about yourself. Jesus wants to set us free from this. He is praying for us that you would see Jesus as your ultimate comfort, your ultimate security, your ultimate approval. And so you can really let go of these things that entangle us, this idolatry, this sin, and run the race with endurance for Jesus Christ. He's praying for you. Do you see the great cloud of witnesses? Do you see them by faith? Jesus as well, fixing your eyes on him. Every conversation we have, he is with you. He's with you whenever you're on missions, whenever you're talking to a friend, a neighbor, a colleague about Jesus Christ, you're never alone. You can seek his help. Lord, give me the right words to say. I don't know what to say. I'm feeling on the spot here. My friends are looking at me. My colleagues might think I'm a bit strange. I sense you wanting me to say something. Please, will you overrule? He will answer. He will help. Can't tell you how many times I've been in one conversation thinking, yeah, I really nailed this. Really great apologetic for Jesus. Just completely fallen on deaf ears. Other ones where I've been stumbling through, <laughs> I don't know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, I don't know. And the person comes back the next day, that was really helpful. Thank you so much. Jesus is the perfecter of faith. He is with you. He won't put you into a position which he doesn't give you the grace to cope up. He's control of everything that happens to you. Run the race with perseverance, with endurance. Another quote from Jim Elliot. Missionaries are very human folks, just doing what they are asked. Simply a bunch of nobodies trying to exalt somebody. Do you feel a nobody? Do you feel weak and inadequate when it comes to missions, when it comes to sharing your faith? You are just the right person. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Get the blinders on. Tunnel vision as you're running the race. Fix your eyes on him, the author, the perfecter of faith, and just see what he can do through you. So Oak Mountain, one final time. On your mark, get set. Father God, we thank and praise you for Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. They are such inspirational verses for us, and we need them. We need them all the time, whether there is a context of pressure, hostility to keep quiet about our faith, or just our own sin and idolatry that holds us back. So please, would you give us the eyes of faith to see that we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses who have gone before us, who have run the race, who have finished, are saying, you can do it, keep going. We did it by faith, you can do it too. And please help each and every one of us, by your Spirit, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the pioneer, the perfecter of faith. And please use us in our weakness, in our frailty, to speak of Jesus that others can know him and have their lives transformed by it. We ask it for Jesus' sake.